The following sermon is a ministry of Hilton Head Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at hiltonheadpca.com. I'm Bill McCutcheon. I'm the lead pastor here at Hilton Head Presbyterian, and we're glad that you're with us tonight. Christmas Eve holds so many traditions. The Christmas season has so many uh, different parts to it. Things that we look forward to. For some of you, you are are looking forward to going home and having the same meal this year that you had last year, of enjoying uh, those parts that are every year, of opening presents tonight or in anticipation maybe opening just one tonight, looking forward to all the rest, making sure that the casserole is ready in the morning and maybe uh, a glass of eggnog for the annual sip uh, that you have. Whatever those traditions are, that we have them and we celebrate traditions. But there's something that happens too often in our traditions, that we look to the traditions to bring meaning to Christmas. We look to the traditions to satisfy us when traditions were never designed to house uh, the joy of Christmas. They were never designed to be the thing. Traditions were always to be viewed through, to see something through them, Uh, that the exchanging of gifts was to see something more profound, something more meaningful on the other side of that, of being with family, of gathering around, uh, of looking through and seeing something more on the other side of that. Of all the traditions that we have, sometimes uh, we demand too much from them, for we look only at them. We need to see through them. See, Christ tells us that the giving of gifts and of presents, and of those things, those are good things. Uh, that it's good for us to have those. But there's something more than just a gift. There's something more than, than what we receive. We've talked about over the last month or so as a church, and I know many of you haven't been coming, uh, you're from out of town or guests, uh, but we've been talking about what is it that you truly want for Christmas? Uh, what is it that you need for Christmas that you've said somewhere down inside, I've got to have this thing. I've got to have this particular new model of whatever it is. And if I get that, then I'm going to be contented. Then I'm going to be happy. And what you've really said underneath it is if I don't get it, I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm going to be disappointed. Well, you see, we've looked and said, well, everything has, it has an expiration date. The next greatest game system is going to come out soon. And then the one that you have, uh, the four, is going to need to be a five. The 360 is going to need to be a 720. Uh, The X-Series is going to need to be a Y-Series car. Uh, The latest irons aren't going to improve your game. It's you that's the problem with your golf game. Uh, That all of those things that we look to, to somehow they're going to satisfy us. That that if you get the latest, greatest makeup, then you'll be beautiful. If you get the best smell and the perfume, then somehow you'll be attractive. Uh, That's what everything says to us. And we look at these gifts. But we've been saying, no, what we really should be seeing is that God says what will most satisfy your heart is finding this Christmas season, finding hope, true hope, and finding true love, and finding an inexpressible joy uh, that isn't tied to a circumstance, and finding a peace that transcends whatever it is that you're going through. For you see, uh, what I want to present to you tonight in just a few moments that we have, is this. We're presented hope. And that each of us want hope. uh, That we want to know that there is something beyond this world that we can place all of our trust in, all of our dreams, 
all of our aspirations, everything, and it is there and it will never, ever disappoint us. You see, the biblical picture of hope uh, it says that Christ is our anchor. He is our hope. Uh, and that hope, that anchor goes deep uh, and it ties itself into the bedrock of eternity itself. And therefore, if you, are, have, if you have that hope, it says that you'll be buffeted by the waves, but you won't be overcome by them. That the circumstance of life may rise and it may fall, but you're going to be buoyant. You're going to have a buoyancy that will allow you to stay on the surface and not be succumb, uh, to succumb to the depths. But the biblical picture of hope in that anchor is also one uh, of being in a ship that's tossed around at sea. And if you're familiar with the Mediterranean Rim, uh, there are lots of mountainous areas and there are lots of dangerous places. And the ships would try to get into safe harbor and they couldn't get into safe harbor. And so the harbor master would send out an anchor. He would send out a boat with a rope and it would go and attach itself to the ship that's at sea. And it would pull the ship in from the storm and bring it into safe harbor. The hope that Christmas presents to us is that picture of Christ attaching himself to you and bringing you into a safe harbor, a place that's protected from all of the storms. We said that we want to have hope. Uh, That's the gift that we really want. Or love. Love. What's talked about most times in our culture is sentimentality, not love. It's something that glamorizes. It's something uh, that's not really real. Uh, that it says that I'm going to, and the new vows that you hear so often are, for as long as we both shall live, or as long as we both shall love. Well, what does that mean? I was talking to a young woman one time, and she said she was dating a young man, and she thought that this was the man who she wanted to marry. And he wrote her a love letter one night and gave it to her. And he said, here are the 16 things that I love about you. It was her long brown hair. It was her beautiful complexion. Uh, It was her thin waist. It was her wonderful laughter and her bright white smile. And she looked at him and she said, if I get breast cancer, all of those are gone in a moment. You don't love me. You might think you do, but that's not love. Love goes beyond that. Love goes down. And love is a love that's sacrificial. It's a giving love. It is a love that God said, I for loved you, that I loved you so much that I gave my son to you. And when that love comes into our hearts, what we realize is this, that you are so incredibly valuable that God, the God of this universe, sent his very son, only son, into the world to suffer and die, that he had such a love that it was a sacrificial giving love that said of you, you are this valuable, you are this important to me that I'm going to send my son into the world. And therefore, we find that we have a love that is beyond what this world talks about with love that makes it through, that says, I'm willing at great cost to myself stay engaged in relationship with you and love you as a decision. Our culture talks about falling in love like you tripped and fell into a ditch. Love is a determination, is a choice that we make to say, I am going to love, just as my Father in heaven through Christ who came into the world loved me. And we said, oh, we want not just hope and love, but we want to experience in our lives joy. We want to experience joy. We want to celebrate. We want to realize uh, that this joy that's not tied to circumstance, a joy that is exuberant, a joy that in the scriptures, the word we talked about and laughed about a little bit uh, was this word. You remember it? Frolicking. That the scriptures say that God frolics because of you. Think of the mental imagery that you have right now. 
When's the last time you frolicked? Have you frolicked in 2015? The scriptures say that if you know Christ and have been given the true gift of joy that he presents to you, then you can be one who frolics. And some of you are going, I'm not ever frolicking, that's below me. Well, the God of this universe, who created all things and all of his profound wisdom, says that he frolics over you. He finds you so delightful and such an object of his joy and delight that it moves within him his affections to the point of not worrying about anything. One of my sons, when they were little, it was when the Disney stores were popular in the malls. And you could go into the Disney stores and there were bins and bins of stuffed animals all along a wall. And we walked in and my son looked up and he saw all the stuffed animals. And he ran with reckless abandon and threw himself headlong into the bin of stuffed animals and frolicked around within them with incredible joy. That is the biblical joy that comes through Christ Jesus. Everything else is just a sham. Everything else is happiness for a little while. Uh, maybe it's emotionalism, but it's not true and profound joy that lasts and allows you to not worry about what anybody else thinks, but you're going to rejoice in the midst of whatever circumstance you find yourself. And the last thing that we said that we wanted for Christmas this year is we want to have peace. We want to have shalom. That we want to experience peace a peace that comes, and the opposite of peace is anxiety, and the word anxiety means to be broken into pieces. Because he said what happened when sin entered the world, when everything fell apart at the beginning of time with Adam and Eve, that it said that everything began to disintegrate. It began to unweave, uh, that at the very thread level uh, of your heart, your soul began to unweave and to disintegrate. Your relationships with one another began to fall apart and to disintegrate. Relationship within culture, relationship with God, relationship with nature, all of it has been seen. And God comes in through Christ, presenting him to us, and he says, I'm going to be your peace. And the word shalom actually means flourishing. It means reintegrating. It means now coming alive within yourself. Being able to be, to be content with who you are in Christ. To be able in relationships to be brought back together in all of these things. And so this Christmas season, what is it that you're really asking for? Probably, if you've been listening, you'd go, okay, fine. The Sunday school answer would be that I'll ask for joy. I'll ask for hope. Excuse me, let's get it in the right order. I'll ask for hope. I'll ask for love. I'll ask for joy and I'll ask for peace. And if you told me that, I'd say that's the wrong answer. That's not what you should be asking for. You see, C.S. Lewis made this statement. He said, if you aim at heaven, you get earth thrown in. But if you aim at earth, you get neither. You see, he was saying that if you ask for the right thing, you get something more than you ask for. But if you ask for the wrong thing, then you miss out on all of it. And it's the same way here. Some of you want, and your prayer is, God, I need more peace in my life. I just need to be more peaceful. I just need to experience peace. I can promise you, in my life this week, I've had a wife who's had surgery, a son uh, who was in the ER yesterday, uh, just one of those years. I'm limping into 2016, and I'm like, just need some peace. George Costanza comes to mind with serenity now. But somehow I'm just not at peace with that. 
Or you say, I just want to have more joy. I need to be a more joyful person. And some of the wives are elbowing their husbands going, see, you need to be that. You need to frolic over me a little bit more, honey. You need what he's talking about, so you need to talk to him after the service. But if you aim at joy, you're not going to get it. If you aim at just saying, I want to be more loving, or I just want to have more hope. You see, the gospel is the same thing as what Lewis was talking about. It's you have to aim at Christ. Your request tonight and each day should really be very, very simple. Lord, I want more of Christ. I want more of Jesus. Because if I have him, then I have complete joy. I have full hope. I have love that is all that I could ever imagine it to be. And I am more at peace than I ever would be. And I could cast myself into sleep tonight and not worry about a thing. You see, when you aim for the secondary gifts, then you miss out. But if you aim at Christ, he throws in everything else. And so my encouragement to you tonight is where are you aiming? Are you asking for enough? Don't ask for the secondary and the auxiliary, but pursue Christ. For some of you, I don't know why you're here. Maybe, maybe you're here because you're forced to come. Maybe you're here because this is tradition and this is what you do. But I want you to hear this. Christ is presenting himself to you tonight. And he's saying to you, I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm really all that you need. And I will satisfy you at a level that you've never been satisfied before. And that if you come to me and seek first my kingdom, then he says everything else is going to be added unto you. You see, when we come and we ask for these things, what we gain is we gain Christ. All of him. All of what he brings to us. So tonight you're going to be invited to this table. For it seems somewhat odd, doesn't it, on the eve of Christmas, on the eve of the birth of the Savior of the world, that we come and celebrate communion. But you see, Christ came into the world for one singular purpose, and that was to go to a cross. That he lived his entire life with that expectation and that trajectory and that focus. And so as we come tonight, it would be a shame to celebrate the birth of Christ our Savior, but not celebrate why he came. So we invite you to come tonight to this table. Let's pray. Father, we do come now. And we ask that you would bless us with your presence, that you would encourage us and strengthen us in all that we do. Father, there are some here who are desperately hurting, for 2015 has been a hard year. It's been a year that many would just as soon forget. And I pray that in the middle of their struggle, that they would find Christ. And that he would say, I am deeper than any hole that in which you've fallen. I am deeper than any place that you've gone. I will meet you and I will find you and I will change you forever into who I designed you to be. Father, would we find Christ tonight? And would we believe these things and know them to be true? And in what we say that we believe, would we live it out in this life? We give you praise tonight in Christ's name. Amen.